What's going on, folks? Back at it again with a 20th and Blake podcast, part of MileHighSports.com. I'm your host, Luke Zalman. If you notice, my horse, my voice is a little hoarse. Um, went to the showdown on Friday, watched my school, CSU, the school I currently attend. Um, watched them get destroyed um, for another year by CU, so that'll make it all four years that I was at CSU, and they failed to win a single one. Um, still yelled, still got into it, uh, as much as you can get into something like that. Um, still a baseball guy. I mean, football's okay, but you know, it's, it's more about the festivities. So a little horse, but gonna, gonna break through it. And it can't get much worse for the Rockies. I talked about how CSU hasn't won, um, in four straight years that I've watched. It feels like the Rockies haven't won in forever either. Um, which is weird because they just won, you know, they just beat Atlanta, um, at the beginning of last week, but it just feels like they've been losing forever. I mean, they dropped both to Boston. Um, they're going to drop all four to Pittsburgh. Um, that game is just wrapping up now. By the time that this comes out, that game will be over. Um, but they're going to drop four to the pirates as well. And mind you, those are the same pirates that just passed them for second worst in the entire national league. Um, so just, just, I mean, things, each time you think that things cannot get worse for the Rockies, they seem to get worse, which is weird. Um, but I mean, this, the series against Pirates was all about pitching. Um, Sensatella goes five innings, allows six earned runs. Uh, Chi-Chi gets two outs in his start and allows seven earned runs. Uh, Melville allows four earned runs. Um, Jeff Hoffman surprisingly was the only one who didn't do bad today he goes five innings only allowed two earned runs allowed nine hits but if you're limiting the runs it's it's not really a big deal and that was shocking to see from Jeff Hoffman considering how he's been in his last couple starts I mean his career ERA is 6.31 for the Rockies this year um, after today's start has dropped down to 7.35 um, but the start directly preceding this before he got sent back down uh, only two innings, seven earned runs. Um, so to say that it was, it, to say that it was shocking to see what he did today, um, I think might be an understatement. I mean, he he threw fifty four of his eighty four for strikes. Was able to live in the strike zone a little bit. Three strikeouts. He allowed a leadoff home run once again to the Pirates. It seems like they're doing it constantly now. Um, but good for Jeff Hoffman. I mean, eventually you hope. I think around baseball that guys like that figure it out I mean the more star players there are in the league the better for the league as a whole and he was billed as one of those stars it's it 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 reminds me a little bit of how John Gray was perceived but a little higher I feel like Jeff Hoffman had a little bit more hype than John Gray personally um and he just hasn't been able to live up to it and that's fine I mean not everyone is going to live up to it um, but it'd be nice if he were able to just start putting together, you know, some decent starts. I mean, he lived in the middle of the zone today, um, which is a recipe for disaster. But he was able to work through some things. Most of his down-the-middle type pitches were fastballs. Um, still hasn't shown an ability to command that changeup today. Anytime that he threw a changeup, it was either in the dirt, you know, almost to a point where it's a non-competitive pitch. Or it was towards the middle of the zone outside. Um, a couple went right over the middle of the plate. There was about one good changeup he had most of the day. Um, and other than that, it was just kind of 
It was just him once again relying on fastball, curveball, fastball, curveball. And it's just probably not a recipe for success for him just because his curveball isn't – it's not an otherworldly curveball by any means. His, he has a good fastball. He'll normally sit mid-90s with the fastball. Um, he could even pipe it up to you know mid, uh, to high 90s every now and then. Um, but overall, his, his curveball fastball is not going to be enough for him to be successful. Um, he was able to induce four swinging strikes on both of them out of 84 pitches. Um, it's just probably not going to do it. I mean, there's a lot of other things that he could work on. I think that incorporating some type of slider, um, as far as driveline goes, if you guys haven't read the book MVP Machine, um, would highly recommend it by Ben Lindbergh. And there's another author too, can't remember his name off the top of my head. But they talked about how Trevor Bauer went to driveline. It's the same place that John Gray went to this last offseason. And he kind of worked on his slider. He basically built it from the ground up. He used all the cameras, looked at his grip, looked at the spin rate of everything, where he was starting it, and then worked on one slider that goes into the dirt, one slider for a strike, and then one slider that is just in the middle of those. You know, one of those, um, not so much a get-me-over get slider, but one of those sliders that you're hoping induces a, a chase of some sort. Um, the ones in the dirt obviously have to be chased but as as Trevor Bauer has shown especially last year when he was in the American League Cy Young conversation I mean he's not an incredible athlete Hoffman's probably a better athlete than Trevor Bauer um just pure you know just body type for pitching um if he could go to a place like driveline really work on a slider I think that would help him a lot um I think more and more it seems like guys are unable to rely on a curveball and that's not everyone. I mean, Kershaw still has his filthy curveball. Um, Bauer still has a pretty good curveball. Walker Bueller has a good curveball. Um, it's not like they, those type of pitchers don't exist anymore. But I think a slider is becoming a lot more, um, a lot more of a go-to pitch. I think that the best at it in the entire league, if you had to give me one slider, would be Chris Sale. I think. Being able to, obviously, he's not going to be able to replicate that three-quarters arm slot of Chris Sale. So he'll never be able to replicate Chris Sale's exact slider. But something that just goes across the entire zone horizontally. I think if you can mix that with a pitch that has a lot of drop, like a curveball, um, I think it can be very effective. Because it's almost like you're throwing a very high-movement cutter almost. The way that a slider can move if you get all horizontal. Um, so I think... I think being able to incorporate something like that could really help Hoffman. Um, and the fastball command just has to improve because, yes, he does throw a good fastball that can reach, you know, mid-90s, can peak at a high 90 every now and then. Um, but that's that's not a fastball you're going to be able to get away with all the time. Um, a guy like Justin Verlander who throws a, you know, 96-plus fastball that also has movement, he can get away with it. A guy like Noah Syndergaard can often get away with it, um, reaching towards 100. A guy like Hoffman can't really get away with that, especially because opponents aren't afraid of his breaking stuff. Um, so they're able to be ahead, be out on the curveball, um, or be out on the fastball, excuse me, and it just limits his entire repertoire. Um, I think what was also disappointing in the series is Tim Melville. Um, he had his two starts against both Atlanta and Arizona, um, goes 12 innings, only allows one earned run, um, just looked great against both teams, and both teams are very good hitting teams, but 
things started to spiral out when he didn't have his control. He talked about it a lot um, post-game last night. Just didn't execute. And he had a lot of walks in his first two starts, so you can point to a little bit of a lack of execution in those starts, um, but nothing like last night. His slider was over the middle of the plate the entire two innings he pitched. He only went a career low two innings. Um, the slider was just over the plate, over the plate, over the plate, and middle. Um, and he attributed that to just starting it at the wrong spot. He was starting the pitch too high. Um, and I think, I mean, that's a pretty good assessment. When you start a slider too high, it's going to go right into the middle of the zone. Because like I said, a slider is almost like a, you know, vertical moving, more horizontal moving cutter. I mean, it's just a pitch that goes across the zone. Um, obviously, it has a little more drop. Um, similar grip to a cutter. Um, the release is what's different. Um, so I've always thought that they're a very similar pitch, but I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do when you can't control your off speeds, especially when you're Melville who has, who notoriously has not been that, you know, flamethrower. Um, he had a pretty good fastball earlier in his career, you know, 94, um, in that neighborhood. Now he's, you know, now he's peaking around 90, 91. Um, so it's just, he's going to always have to command his breaking stuff. And when he, I, I tried to ask about it. I think my question got a little misunderstood at the press conferences. I was asking Buddy Black, do you think it's a sustainable trait that he relies on the fly ball so much? Because his first start against Arizona, he got 15 fly ball outs. That is an insane number. And to bring that back to Coors Field, um, didn't have quite the reliance against the Braves, but there were a ton of fly balls against the Pirates, and I think that's not. I think that's just not very sustainable. I think him trying to be a pitcher that ever goes up in the zone is just not going to work very well for him. Um, he just doesn't have the velocity. He doesn't have extreme movement on his pitches as far as his fastball. Um, so going up in the zone every now and then is going to work if you have hitters off balance. Um, but doing it consistently, consistently is just not going to work. Overall, the biggest and worst kept secret for the Rockies this year has been the downfall of Antonio Sensatella. Um, and that's not to say that he was ever, you know, a world-beating pitcher by any means. Um, but it really looked like he, you know, it looked like he could maybe put something together. It looked like I, I've always thought, and maybe it's just because they're, they seem kind of similar personality-wise, um, but I've always thought he was kind of like Herman Marquez. I've always thought that, you know, he's got that fastball curveball. He's got a fastball that can get up a little bit. Um, and I thought that, okay, maybe one of these years he'll, he'll be able to unlock that, just like Marquez did, because Marquez wasn't amazing when he first came up. The, the raw stuff was there, but he wasn't able to put it together consistently, and it really reminded me of Sensatella. It was kind of vice versa type deal. They both reminded me of each other, and he just wasn't able to put it together. I mean, he last start goes five innings, allows six earned runs. The two starts before that, he doesn't even get through two, allows six earned runs in both of those. That's just not sustainable. That's not something that you can rely on. He was able to get 15 ground ball outs against Pittsburgh, um, which feels, which, you know, or 15 ground balls in general, which feels pretty good. I mean, if he can sustain the double digit ground balls, um, that's what really propels him. I mean, some of his best starts of the year when he's allowed one earned run, he's had, you know, 12 ground balls, 11 ground balls, 13 ground balls, 
uh, 10 ground balls. He's When he can keep the ball on the ground, it's huge for him because he doesn't have blow-you-away stuff. I mean, his Ks have dropped significantly. It's just not something that he can rely on much anymore. I mean, 56 strikeouts and only in 92 and two-thirds, that's, that's not a high strikeout type guy. Um, so he's going to have to allow the ball to be on the ground, allow himself to trust his fielders, keep the ball down. And obviously that's what Bud Black always preaches. He wants his pitcher so bad to not walk people and to keep the ball on the ground, um, join the rest of the club really, because it seems like every pitching coach should want that. Um, and Sensatella has shown a real ability to be able to do that. But the way the current, the way the rotation stacks up now, the Rockies from day to day, have no idea what they're getting. They have Chi-Chi in the rotation. They have Sensatella in the rotation if he sticks. Maybe even Enrico Garcia coming back up. Jeff Hoffman, uh, Peter Lambert. There's no there's no consistency anywhere there. Peter Lambert struggled even. Um, Rico Garcia struggled in his debut. Tim Melville um, had two great starts, much like a Peter Lambert, and then fell apart a little bit in his third start. So the winning is not going to be in heavy doses, which I think it was fair to assume that it wasn't going to be, even if their rotation was healthy, just the way they've performed this year. But it's, it's just, it just does not seem like they're going to have any level of consistency now. Before they had a Herman Marquez that, you know, could come out, shut it down. John Gray was pretty consistent. Um, now they have none of that. Herman may miss the rest of the year. Have, he has a lot of elbow soreness. Um, you would have to assume, um, haven't asked, but you'd have to assume that they would have gotten an MRI on him to check out his elbow um, just to make sure because that's where his pain is. I guess it started in his back, worked its way to his shoulder, and has worked its way down to his elbow, which doesn't immediately scream UCL to me since it started in his back. That screams something like a pitch, pinch nerve to me. Um, obviously, I'm not a doctor. Um, I can just speak from, you know, discussing it with other people, trying to figure it out. Um, Freeland, I don't see a reason why you'd bring him back off a groin injury. That can really turn into a nagging thing that sticks with him for a while. Um, you know, I, I don't see why they rush anyone back. I don't see why they even rush David Dahl back. Um, he's been walking around the clubhouse, seems like he's getting better, but I, I just don't see a reason why you'd bring one of those guys back when there's less than a month to play. And they're vying closer to the worst team in franchise history than they are to contending. I don't see a reason why you would bring a guy like David Dahl um, back into the fold when I just think I just think those reps could be better used with a guy like Sam Hillier. Um, speaking of him, he struck out to end the game, um, losing to the Pirates full sweep. Um, but Sam Hilliard has just been great since he got called up, and he's really shown a lot of what what made him such an intriguing prospect. I mean, he's shown the speed. He had a great triple last night. Um, and for a guy his size to motor around like that is actually pretty crazy. I mean, he's 6'5". Um, he's listed at 238. Um, seems a little slimmer than that, but the height is for real. He's a very big, big dude. Um, homered in his first game. Homered in his second start. Third game overall. Um, wasn't able to come through today, but you have to like what you're seeing from him if you're Bud Black. Hitting 300. Um, and the biggest part is he hasn't really dealt with the strikeouts very much. Um, only three strikeouts so far at the, well, add another one today, excuse me. Um, make that four. 
Um, but that's a very good sign from a guy that struck out in 500 at-bats at the AAA level this year. He had 164 strikeouts. Um, just an astronomical strikeout rate, over 30%. So to see him come up facing better pitchers, facing more experienced pitchers that know how to kind of toy with young guys and see him only having struck out, he hasn't struck out multiple times in any game, um, I think that that's a great plus for them. And for a guy like him to be able to keep putting the ball in play, that's how you really utilize his powers. Um, with his speed, it does you no good if he's striking out because he's just walking back to the dugout. That does you no good if he has all that speed and nothing to do with it. Um, so being able to put the ball like he did for that triple, like he has for the home runs, um, it'll be interesting to see once he starts putting together the gap-to-gap -to -gap type power as opposed to just over the fence. Once he's able to get some of those doubles um, off that extended wall and right, you know, areas like that where – you know, the, the veterans like a Daniel Murphy, like even a David Dahl this year, have been able to so successfully in their career put gap-to-gap, gap, put doubles. I mean, that instantly puts a runner in scoring position. If there's anyone on, double usually scores them. Um, doubles are absolutely huge. And it's almost, I think doubles almost get forgotten in this, you know, day of home run or bust type um, hitting. I think that home runs almost go under the radar, or doubles go under the radar, excuse me. Um, as far as success for hitters, I think doubles are just out of this world for, and you see some of the best hitters have them. Matt Chapman consistently puts up huge double numbers, um, for the A's. Even Trevor Story puts up huge double numbers year to year. I mean, last year, 42, 34 so far this year. Um, it's huge for him. I mean, he's consistently putting the ball in the gaps and it lends itself to power because, Eventually, those are going to start sailing over the fence at some parts. Um, they're even going to turn into triples with the type of speed that Trevor Story has. Sam Hilliard can do that same type of thing. Um, so to see him be so, so successful while coming up, I think is great for the Rockies. Seeing him not strike out a bunch. Um, just be able to put things together. I also think that Dom Nunez could probably use a little more time as this season wears down. I think that resting Tony Walters a little more could really aid their success. I think Dom has shown a little bit so far. I mean, he's hitting under 200, under that Mendoza line. Um, hasn't had a home run since that first game towards the end of the game. Um, but I think it's there. I mean, he struggled with strikeouts a little bit. Um, at the major league level, has nine in 23 at bats. That's not really what you love to see. Um, had he had 69 in 213 at bats with Albuquerque. Um, so he was kind of he's kind of a high strikeout guy. Also walked quite a bit. 35 walks, two those 69 strikeouts with AAA. Um, I'd like to see personally. I'd like to see what he could do if he's able to consistently put together those at bats that result in walks. He's only got two so far in the majors. Um, wasn't able to play in the season finale. Tony Walters was given the nod. Um. But I think there's a lot of potential there. I think he could be a great one-two punch with Walters. I think they both offer something very nice to the game. Um, Dom's good behind the plate, too. I just think that, that there's a very good future for both of those guys. Um, Sam Hilliard maybe getting into the fold could maybe displace a guy like Ian Desmond. Um, an outfield of Charlie Blackman, Ian Desmond, and David Dahl. Or Charlie Blackman, Sam Hilliard, and David Dahl, excuse me. Um, could be really nice. Sam Hilliard has shown a lot on defense, going towards the wall, 
Um, almost had that home run robbery last night. Um, the arm's pretty good. He has all the tools to be a very good center fielder, and I think that's more than you can say about the other guys they currently have on the roster. Um, so I think that could be great. Ryan Maltapia is eventually going to come back, um, if not this year, next year. Um, it'd be interesting to see if someone would take Ian Desmond, if the Rockies would be interested in that, because their outfield is just going to progressively get more crowded. Um, outfields in general and farm systems seem to be very crowded. Um, so it'll be interesting to see going into next year and even going into the end of this year, how they work that outfield rotation. How many games is Sam Hilliard going to get moving forward? Um, how many games could Tapia possibly play the rest of the year? Um, it'll be interesting to see, and it'll be especially, I'll be especially curious to see how they do when they go to LA. That's their next series, three games. Um, that's, that's a tough environment for young guys that aren't Dodgers. Um, obviously, Rockies dealt with the, you know, three straight walk-offs to rookies earlier in the year. So it's not, it's not harsh on their rookies, but you know, it can be a harsh place to play. Dodgers fans are very intense. Then they'll head to San Diego, um, not a hitter's environment. So they have, they have some games coming up that could really test these, you know, outfielders really tests, you know, even a guy like Pat Vileka who just called called up, um, went one for four today, two K's, um, he's mastered AAA, so they either need to see what Vileka can do at the major league level, and hopefully he starts to produce, or it might, you know, it, they either will have to succumb to him being a lifelong AAA player, or maybe have to find, you know, another team for him to go to, because at this point, he hasn't really produced for them very well, um, so there's just a ton of storylines moving down the rest of the way, um, last thing I wanted to talk about was, so, some of the notes from the month of August. Rockies went nine and nineteen. I know today's September September first started zero one in September first, so they're you know they're not they're not starting off well. But they went nine and nineteen. That's their second straight month with nineteen losses. Um, it was tied for their worst August record in franchise history. Um, two and eight in their series. Um, they were swept three times. You know, it's just loss, loss, loss. Everything seems to be revolving around losses. Um, they hit pretty good, 283 in the month. Um, that was pretty good, but a 640 ERA. And that was the highest in the National League, second highest in the majors. And it was the highest ERA for an August in Rockies history. Um, that's just not going to work no matter what month it is. Um, especially in August when teams are really dialed in. I know it's the dog days, but these guys have been at the plate for months now. Um, they're very dialed in. You start to see, you know, multiple veterans start to thrive a little bit towards the end of the season because they figured it all out. Um, just a rough month. I think looking forward, um, they had in July, they had the worst month in franchise history. In August, they had the worst August in franchise history. So maybe third time's a charm and they're able to get it back together. Um, who knows? I know there's a lot of excitement around Sam Hilliard, a lot of excitement around Don Nunez still. Even Tim, Tim Melville has put together a little bit of excitement for fans. Um, so there's still stuff to watch. The Rockies are on pace for their biggest attendance since 2001, I believe, or 2003. Um, so the fans are still showing up. They're still excited. Um, it's a bummer. The players really wish that things had gone a different way, obviously. Um, but you know, it happens. And I think moving forward, um, there's a lot to look forward to, but I think there's also a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed going into next year and future years. 
Um, that's all I have for you. There will be a story going up tomorrow on September roster expansions. If you're listening to this on Monday, it is coming out today. Um, just posted a just posted a breakdown of Tim Melville's um, first you know first down start. Um, so be sure to go check that out. Um, team just called up Hoffman, called up, called up Pezos, and called up Pavaleka as part of September expansions. More players are going to be coming. Um, so be sure to check out that roster expansion piece. Be sure to keep checking on my high sports. Um, podcasts are going to be dropping to about one a week. Um, just with the way the season's gone, I think it's we think it's better for content. Um, so be sure to tune in each week. I plan on having them up on Sundays. Um, so be sure to keep tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, rate, comment, however you wish to give you know your voice to how the podcast is going. Maybe some things you'd like to change. Just be sure to keep commenting. And I will talk to you next time, guys.